in him. We don't have to be fearful coming in his presence at all because we discover through his word that through the spirit of God who, who, who dwells within our hearts, we can actually have a personally intimate relationship with this holy, all-powerful God. Romans 8 says, You have not received a spirit of fear that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit. When he adopted you as his own children, now we call him Abba, Father. That term Abba we talked about last week is, a, is an Aramaic term that communicates this personally intimate relationship as a father has to a child. And that term, uh, the, the Aramaic term continued to stay in the English translation because we just don't have a word that communicates what it means. The closest we can get is like Papa or Daddy. But we have this personally intimate relationship with this almighty God. Verse 16, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So, it is with all of this knowledge and understanding that we approach God. Okay? When Jesus begins his teaching on prayer and he says, Our Father in heaven, that is not meant to just address whom we're speaking to. That is meant to include everything we just talked about. All of, all, everything we know about God is wrapped up in our Father in heaven. He is our Father. Why? Because of all that we just talked about. He is in heaven in all of his glory still. Nothing has changed. He's, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But he is our Father through everything we just talked about, what Jesus did and the Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts, all of that is wrapped up in our Father in heaven, this opening line of this prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray. It is our approach to God, beholding who he is in relation to who we are. It is taking to consideration all that has had to happen for him to become our father, or more appropriately for us to become his children. So that's what we talked about last week. Once we approach God with that understanding, once we have our approach to him, and I encourage you not to just, you know, last week I encouraged you not to just say our father in heaven and move on, that you, you know, you pray some of the things we talked about that we just recounted, that you recount some of the things that make you his child, right? That you praise him for that. But once we approach God, seeing him as he has revealed himself to us, what is, his, what is our next response? Where do we go from acknowledging who he is in relationship to who we are with him? Jesus tells us in the next part of the prayer that there is only one right response to knowing who our Father is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Now I put that there in your outline because that's the way most of us memorize this prayer. And I used to think that that meant worship God, right? Um, and, And it does to a degree. 
Um, but I used to think that that's all it meant. It just meant, okay, this is the time in the prayer where I spend a little time worshiping God. Um, but it means so much more. It's so much more, uh, there's so much more depth to it. The term hallowed means to hallow, uh, which is an old English King James kind of term that just doesn't really make any sense to us anymore, right? Um, but it literally means, hallow means to keep holy, to honor, to revere, to glorify, and to worship. Okay, that's what hallow, to hallow means. Some of the more modern translations help give us a better understanding of what Jesus is really saying here. The New Living Translation says, May your name be kept holy. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. But even that, I feel, comes a little short in helping us understand why we're asking God for his name to be kept holy. Because isn't his name already holy? Right? I mean, how is my asking God for his name to be kept holy going to make his name any more holy? But the contemporary English version helps fill in the gaps, which says, Our Father in heaven, help us to honor your name. So this helps us to understand what Jesus meant when he was teaching us to pray, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. See, his name is going to be kept holy in a big picture sense, whether we pray that or not, right? But Jesus is teaching us to pray that God's name be kept holy in the context of our relationship with him. Our Father in heaven, that's the context. May your name be kept holy, or may I honor your name. That's the request. See, Jesus is teaching us to pray for our Heavenly Father's help to honor and glorify and keep his name holy. As God's child, we are asking his help to bring honor and glory to his name. That's basically what that line of the prayer is. We are asking God's help as his child in that context of knowing who we are in relation to God In that context, we are asking his help to bring honor and glory to his name. That as his children, we would live in such a way that would honor him. That as his children, we would live in such a way that would bring glory to him. That we would live in such a way that we would not only worship, honor, and glorify God with our lips, but with our lives as well. This isn't something that we just pray and go on and live any way we want. This is a prayer intended to spill out into our lives, to work from the inside out, bearing fruit. When we recognize who God is and who we are in relation to him and all that he has done for us to bring us in relation to him, the only appropriate response is to want to bring honor and glory to him. It's engaging in the relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father and seeking His help daily to give honor and glory to His name. Which is a theme reflected all throughout the New Testament. So with the time we have left, I just want to equip you with some of these scriptures 
not just so you can know them and be aware of them, but so they can actually become your prayer instead of hallowed be your name or may your name be kept holy and moving on to the next part of the prayer. Right? Jesus didn't teach us this prayer, so he just recite it. He's giving us an outline to pray. And through and in the New Testament, we have so many examples of this line of the prayer, hallowed be your name, or may your name be kept holy. So rather than just pray, hallowed be your name, pray these scriptures instead, which brings so much more depth to the prayer and richness, okay? The first one is this, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is a prayer that Paul prayed for the Philippians, and he wrote it down in his letter. So they would have it, but we get to have it as well, which is awesome. Philippians 1, verse 9 to 11, he says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. You see that that's, I mean, that is exactly praying, Lord, help me honor your name. But it adds depth and context and richness. It's asking God, for, I mean, when we turn this into a personal prayer, changing all the pronouns to personal pronouns, it's praying, God, I pray that you would help me to keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. I want you to help me understand what really matters so that I can live a pure and blameless life until the day that Christ returns. I pray that you would help me to be filled with the fruit of my salvation, which produces the righteous character or the righteous character produced in your life through Jesus Christ, which in turn brings honor and glory to you. That's what we need to be praying. When we pray that on a daily basis, that begins to pray that into our lives. It acknowledges that we can't do this ourselves, which is exactly what Jesus was saying when he said, help us to honor your name. That we're dependent on him. We're dependent on Jesus. But we have a part to play in making sure that we honor and glorify God as one of his children. One of his adopted children. So that's an awesome prayer to pray. Ephesians chapter 4. Paul is writing to the Ephesians and he says this. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord... Beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's fault because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. I love this passage because it gives us something to pray. That gives, us, that gives us something more practical things to pray. Like um, um, praying that his love that has been poured in our hearts, we know that from Romans 5, that his love that has been poured in our hearts will help us to be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults and being humble and gentle. That's a great thing to pray every day, guys. It's, and then it's asking for this, the, um, 
the unity of the Spirit to help keep us bound together rather than allowing the enemy to divide us, right? Um, this just gives us some practical things to pray, and it also acknowledges the Holy Spirit's role, that he is the one who keeps us united, that it's through his Spirit that we remain united. Um, the next one, Colossians 1, and this is another prayer that Paul prayed that we looked at a couple weeks ago that I encourage you to start praying on your own. Um, he says, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Again, that is another perfect prayer to pray in equivalent to let me honor your name. Help me, may I honor your name, right? It is praying um, that we would have spiritual wisdom and understanding. It's praying for that. And what does that produce? That we would honor, it produces a life that would honor and please God. That's an awesome prayer. 1 Thessalonians 2.12. Paul's writing to the to the Thessalonians, and he says, We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. Now, I want you to take just a minute and use the imaginations that God gave you, and I want you to try to imagine what his kingdom and glory is like. Right? This phrase, he just says that, it just talks about his kingdom and glory. And we need to try to imagine now what his kingdom is like and what his glory is like. Whatever you're imagining, it doesn't even come close. Right? Scripture says, eye is not seen, ear is not heard, it is not entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who, who love him. So as vivid as our imaginations can get, we can't even come close to imagining what his kingdom is like and what his glory is like. And yet, how amazing is it that he calls us to share in it? Who are we that we get to share in his kingdom and in his glory? I mean, doesn't that make you want to be worthy of his kingdom? Man, what an awesome thing to pray into our lives. Second Thessalonians, Paul's second letter to them. He says, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to en enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Wow, that is an awesome request right there. Think about that. God, may you give me the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts me to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live. And you will be honored along with him. That's just 
mind-blowing, I'm sorry, that we would be honored along with Him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Man, what a great way to pray, hallowed be your name. What a great way to pray, help me honor your name, God, with so much more richness and depth. And again, it isn't all up to us to make this happen. That's not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus telling us to pray this is actually a request to God, seeking his help in this. It's not all on us to live worthy because then we fall into legalism, right? It's all, we're so dependent on him. And this prayer right here spells it out for us. It's, 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 it's a, he says, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of, of his call. That he would give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. And what's the result? Then his name would be honored and glorified. And you as well. It acknowledges that he gives the power. And that it is all made possible by his grace. I'm telling you guys, this is an awesome prayer to pray in your lives each and every day. Romans 12, 2, or 12, 1 and 2. Paul's writing to Romans and he says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. See, it's a response because of all that he's done for us, because we are now his kid, it's a response. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Again, it's not all on us. We need his help. The second Thessalonians prayer. Then he goes on. This is truly the way to worship him. It's not just with our lips. It's not just singing songs on Sunday morning. It's beyond that. It's an extension of that. That what we sing and, and, and our, hearts, our heart of worship would spill out into our daily lives. He goes on to tell us how that works, how that's possible. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you. Again, we're dependent on him. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Again, these are awesome things that we can pray in place of, hallowed be your name or may may we keep your name holy. And then Hebrews 13, verse 15. Therefore, let us... Offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. He's talking about who we are, our allegiance to his name, that we would honor his name through our continual sacrifice of praise to God. But not just through our lips, through the way that we live. I'm going to ask the, the band to go ahead and come back on up. We, uh, they only did a couple songs up front because we want to do a couple more. And, and we really want 
to respond to all this. Okay, I want your hearts to really respond to everything we've talked about. But there are times, you know, that we all fail to honor the name of our Father in Heaven, right? I mean, well, I won't let you think about all of them. There's just too many, right? There are times we all fail to honor the name of our Father in Heaven. We make our own decisions. We live the way we want. We do the things we want to do, right? But the only way we can honor the name of our Father is by living a life that honors Him. And it's more than just talk. It's more than just repeating and reciting a prayer. And that's why I think Jesus didn't intend for us to just recite this prayer he taught us. Right? This is something he's taught us to pray, which means this is something he's asking us to pray into our lives and be serious about. And we have the rich resources of his word to pray into our lives so much more deeply than just reciting, hallowed be your name, God. Help me to make your, keep your name holy. And when you look at the order of the prayer, see, it's even, even before we get to the point where we start asking for stuff, Jesus teaches us to approach God as he is, a holy, magnificent, all-powerful God who made a way for us to have a relationship with him through his son and be adopted as one of his own kids. And then he placed his spirit into our hearts to enable us, to, that, that, and that spirit confirms that we are his kid and enables us to cry out to him, Abba, Father, to have that personal, intimate relationship with him. And with all that in mind, what is our response? The only right response to that is living a life that honors him and asking every day for his help to do so. So let's go ahead and stand. We're going to let the worship team lead us um, in a time of worshipful response to all this. And I don't want you just to put it on autopilot and stare at the screen and read the words. I want you to truly engage your heart here. Let your heart respond to God. And if that means breaking away from even what we're singing and just praying some of these things we've talked about praying, do so. But let this be an opportunity for us to respond to all this. Okay? Our Father, Creator, You hold our hearts together. There's no one higher than You. Redeemer, Defender, our great and mighty Savior, there's no one higher than you. You are always with us. 
Gracious to forgive us By your power we've been set free And Lord we stand amazed in your presence Astounded by your mercy and love Our hands are lifted high in surrender. Your grace for me is always enough. And there is no one higher than our God. Majestic in wonder, you reign with love forever. There's no one higher than you. Your beauty, your splendor, your glory knows no measure. There's no one higher than you. with us gracious to forgive us by your power we've been set free and Lord we stand amazed in your presence astounded by your mercy and love Grace for me is always enough. There is no one higher than our God. There is no one greater than you. Let my life forever praise the glory of your there is no one higher than you. There's no one higher than you. There is no one higher, no one greater, no one like I got. There is no more Christ our Savior.
Christ our Savior, great and glorious. There is no one higher, no one greater, no one like our God. There is none more able. Christ our Savior, great and glorious. There is no one higher, no one greater, no one like our God. There is none more able. Christ our Savior, great and glorious. There is no one higher, no one greater, no one like our God. There is none more able. Christ our Savior, great and glorious. Lord, we stand amazed in your presence. Astounded by your mercy and love. Hands are lifted high in surrender. Your grace for me is always enough. There is no one higher than our God. Oh, there is no one greater than you. My life forever praise the glory of your name, and there is no one higher than you.
glory and power be to you the only wise King blessing honor strength and glory and power be to you the only wise King God I thank you that we can boldly come right into your presence where we're at right now. forever be a praise and honor and glory to you. That even in this, as we're standing here in this moment, glorifying you with our breath and with our words and with raised hands. God, that that would spill out into our lives. Help us, God, to honor your name. Thank you, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the power that is working within us. We thank you that you enable us to do the things our faith prompts us to do. We thank you that we have all these things that we can come to you with and depend on you. And it doesn't just all fall on us, God. But our hearts cry, God, that we would bring honor to you. Help us, we pray. Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.